0: this is this is this is this
1: is this 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 is the local music revolution the local music revolution the local music revolution local music revolution Welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I will be your host, Ogre. How you doing, man? On today's episode, it's actually really, really special, and I really, really like this episode because it's for my first international episode ever. Like the local music revolution has crossed like out of the US and is starting to interview like different locations. It's amazing. Also, White Boy Slim is blues, or bluegrass, or, um, I don't really know what he calls himself. Uh, It's really, really awesome, and I really don't even wanna try to, like, dishonor him by putting a label on it. It's just really awesome music, and he's very, very talented, and he's Canadian, which is awesome. Sorry, I am super excited about releasing this interview. It has been a very, very long time coming, and I just i'm ex- i'm beside myself uh being able to do this because this podcast was just it was supposed to be just my friends, and uh, uh nobody ever needed to listen or anything like that, but it's become something so much more, and I really, really couldn't be more thankful so with that said, I wanna hear what you guys think of the show I really do um, we're getting close to a hundred episodes and I cannot wait for that to happen. Um, a hundred more than I ever thought I would, which is super fantastic. And I've been able to meet some amazing people and do some great things with this podcast. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts and everything like that. So go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution, go to Twitter at TLMR podcast, go to Instagram at the local music revolution, Go to Tumblr at Tumblr dot com slash the local music revolution or you can just go to the local com and let me know what you think. Just help help me out here. If you want to hear more, if you want to hear all of the episodes of the local music revolution, all you have to do is look it up on iTunes, look it up on Stitcher, and if you really want to, I suggest going to longbox.fm that's where the local music revolution resides, that's my network, they're based out of Fresno, California, which is about 45 minutes away from me, and they honored me by asking me to be part of their network, and I couldn't be more happy about that either, um, Dirty Doughty is such a good guy, and he's associated with one of the local radio stations, so you get to hear him actually in a radio setting a lot of the time, which is fantastic, so, with that being said um again itunes search under podcast local music revolution you'll find us on stitcher just search the local music revolution that's how i listen to the episodes back to try to make sure everything's good and then of course Longbox. that's where you want to be another place i highly suggest visiting is stringjoy.com why they are a sponsor yes but they customize strings for you they give you set- customized sets of strings uh, to get the sound that you want out and uh, into everybody else's ears it's a very simple process you just contact them you say hey I need a custom set of strings I need some help here you tell them the sound that you want or the ideas that you have and they will suggest the, the string gauges to you um, and then if one doesn't work out you can actually work with them and try to figure out what went wrong and uh, get that custom set of strings strictly for you and this is the place to do it. It's stringjoy.com once again and once you get to the cart and you're getting ready to check out enter the promo code LOCAL that's L-O-C-A-L and you will get a discount for being a listener of the local music revolution. Sadly again uh dirtbag smitty is uh currently busy um dirtbag block of rock will not be on this episode sadly but change from last week you do have music to listen to so you get to hear what what white boy slim sounds like and uh why i think he's really rad actually without any further ado whatsoever this is white boy slim from canada and me from california Talking to each other on the phone about why White Boy Slim is fantastic. All right, I'm here with White Boy Slim of White Boy Slim. How are you doing, man?
0: Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's good to hear you.
1: Well, it's good to hear you too, man. Um, it, it's crazy to think we're talking this far apart. So it's amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into the interview. Um, you're White Boy Slim. And um, you are part of a band called White Boy Slim. So who are we missing um, at current time?
0: Right now, uh, we're missing uh, Dustin Boyer, who is, uh, and this is, this is a little unusual. He's both the bass player and the drummer of the band. Uh, wow. He's an amazing musician, and he plays, he's rigged up a, a drum kit where he can play the drums with his feet and bass with his hands. So uh it's uh we, it all happened because we couldn't find a drummer oh, wow. uh, that we could play with and uh he just came up with the idea one day at a rehearsal and we sort of just threw it together and uh that was about 2 years ago and uh he's he's an amazing he's an amazing musician and if you listen to uh if you listen to our recorded stuff which is all um, which is all recorded live off the floor. Uh, there are times when it sounds like there's a guy, there's two two people in the rhythm section. So it's it's pretty nice. uh, it's pretty intense.
1: Nice man. Um, is there anybody else in the band?
0: At the moment, no. Uh, oh wow. We've varied uh, in size from a from a five piece uh, down to to uh, the two piece we are now. Uh, we'll probably going to add another player in the next in the next year sometime either a, uh, a keyboard player or a rhythm guitar player or both
1: oh nice so uh, nice.
0: we're always we're always changing things up so all
1: right so um let's talk about a little bit of backstory about the band every band has one all of them are super interesting and super crazy um, so how did you guys actually get together and what's the idea behind the band?
0: Well, <clears throat> uh, I lived, I live in Saskatchewan in the, in the Canadian prairies right now. And, uh, I had moved here from Toronto, which is, you know, the sort of center of the music industry in Canada. And, uh, for a number of reasons, I mean, just partly because it was cheaper to live here and partly because there's a real, uh, there's a real explosion of, of uh, the arts happening in Saskatchewan. And um, I'd played with uh, a bunch of different configurations of bands, a lot of uh, you know hired guns and stuff like that. And then I was down to uh, I found myself like two, four years ago, I guess, yeah, about four years ago, I found myself without a, without any band at all. And I mentioned on Facebook that I was looking for a bass player, and Dustin, uh, Dustin sent me a message on Facebook and said he was he was uh, he was available and kind of suited the the criteria that I uh, that I listed on my Facebook post. And it turns out his, uh high school he he had, at the time he had just graduated from high school, and his high school music teacher was my old rhythm guitar player and well, his nice. bass teacher was my old drummer so we had he was almost <laughs> part of the family to start with so he came over and we jammed and within about five minutes we knew that we were we were suited to each other because we had the same we had the same approach to music and vastly different tastes i mean he had, the only exposure to blues that he had had before that was uh, a seminar that i taught at his high school uh, because my rhythm guitar player was his music teacher, but uh, and he's actually a metal player actually, uh, but uh, we just we just clicked. It was like we were we were practically thinking the same things at the same time. So we just started playing together, and uh, and then a couple of years ago he started playing the drums as well, and uh, it just sort of was kind of organic actually the way it worked out
1: wonderful man congratulations it's very hard to find people you know that have your same view
0: yeah it's like it's like finding it's like finding your true love only musically you
1: know yeah legit man that is legitimate um all right so um yeah sorry um geez man sorry i'm gonna have to cut this out my brain just stopped functioning (laughs) okay so so sorry about that that almost never happens i have everything to talk about and it just went crazy all right so you got together with uh dustin and um yeah. you guys started writing so uh let's talk about your writing with just the two piece uh well technically three pieces of the band um yeah uh is it different than you you were used to and um like how does that how do you guys do that well,
0: the process is usually that I come up with uh, the basic song, right? I come up with the melody and the chords and the words. Uh, and what we did before, when we were, uh, before we sort of went as a two piece, is um, I would come up and, and uh, basically play the guitar parts uh, for Dustin, and then he would just fit in fit in the, uh, the bass stuff. And we, we played as a duo for a while without the drums. So he was, uh, he was doing a lot of percussive stuff on his bass. So he was doing a lot of slapping stuff and sort of basically putting in the rhythms. And uh, basically it was just a matter of stripping down all the stuff. If you listen to the older, uh, the older uh, albums that were, that were all tracked uh, in the studio... So there's like you know seven guitars, and there's one track that's got an older track that's got seven bass tracks and seven guitar tracks. And but when we started doing going as just a two piece, we just stripped out all the unessential stuff. So uh, and just uh, basically just went really minimalist on it. And and so uh, you know I'm playing guitar, playing harmonica. Uh, playing rhythm with guitar fills in between uh, you know that kind of old blues which is kind of an old blues tradition I mean Jimi Hendrix did it and Light and Hopkins and uh, Muddy Waters and all those guys did that kind of thing so we just basically went back to stripped it down to basics and uh, and just sort of let the music sort of just let it happen we're we're pretty intuitive in the studio and and in the writing We, we don't there's no grand conceptualizations or anything. It's like just get in there and play the shit out of it, sort of thing.
1: <laughs> nice, always nice. Um, so, uh, one thing I do want to know is, you said that it was a little while into uh, your writing that that um, that Dustin had actually come up with the idea for the drums and the bass. So, did that change right. your did that change your writing process at all? or was it just uh, did it help did it take away is like how did that work
0: well in a way it simplified it and it it, it actually made it easier because we didn't have to think about uh how somebody else is going to fit into it so you know the the basic process is uh is that that like i said i I come in with the song uh play it for dustin and sometimes i have an idea of what i want the bass to be but i trust him so most of the time i just say play something that fits with my guitar part and because we don't have to you know we don't have to uh think about what a drummer is going to do if, if we if we're going to bring a drummer or you know somebody else it it really simplifies it and then we just basically play the song uh with a new song, we'll, we'll go to rehearsal and we'll play. We'll concentrate on that song. We'll play it like a couple dozen times over a sp- period of a couple weeks until it all gels. So, in fact, it's way easier to write with just the two of us because, because all I need is the bare bones and the rest of it just emerges, sometimes in the studio. Because we, we record the, last, the, the album we're working on now and the one that came out last year uh were both recorded just live off the floor. So there's no tracking and there's nothing like that. We just sort of get in the studio and pl- and play and then if we like if we like the take then it, that's what we use.
1: Wow, that is that is incredible. Um so it, it's just it's weird to me that that your bassist would be the drummer as well. Um can you can you quickly describe like how he set that up? It's very intriguing sure. to me being a drummer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's, okay, you can picture this. Okay, he's got the kick drum is in the normal place okay. with the normal kick pedal. Okay. He sits on the drum throne. Okay. Uh the under uh, attached to the to the throne itself, he's got um uh, uh a snare drum stand and the drum is is vertical. So it's facing it's it's the the Skin of the of the snare drum is facing the ki- the the skin of the kick drum. Okay. So then, beside the kick pedal, he's got another kick pedal with a modified uh, beater facing back. So, so so and and what he does is he plays he plays with his with his right foot. He plays the kick with his toe with the front of his foot, and the the snare drum uh, with with the heel of his foot and the, the two kick pedals are on a, are mounted on a, on a board so they don't move and they're sort of attached to each other. Oh, um, wow. and then on the, where the, where the hi-hat symbol usually is, he's got a hi-hat stand and it's got a, uh, crash symbol and a hi-hat symbol together. So depending how he hits it, it'll, it'll sound like a hi-hat, or it'll sound it'll sound like a, a a crash, and he used to have two he used to have two uh, hi hat stands, but it got a, it uh, it was a little awkward for uh, for setting up on stage because we play a lot of festival kind of things so we had to be really quick about it, and he's always modifying it too. I mean he's a he's a kind of a he's kind of an intuitive inventor too. So he's always <laughs> got new ideas for things.
1: That is he's actually—he's actually—he's actually,
0: he's actually, he's actually going to try and do a, uh, a double double pedal for the snare drum, so he can do rolls on it. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do there.
1: Oh, wow, that's—I I, want to see that. That—that'll be awesome. All right, man. So, can you uh, can you tell me about the song "Valentine's Day Blues"?
0: Okay, so um, last year. We were in the studio. We were just finishing up recording uh, the the album that we released last year. Uh, And uh, we were doing – there's a big uh, uh, national uh, curling tournament uh, here in in Moose Jaw, uh, which is a big deal because Moose Jaw is such a small town. Uh, But we got this big new stadium thing, uh, ice rink thing. And so they're having this uh, national tournament there and I was, being interviewed, uh, I was being interviewed for a college paper about the gig coming up, and, and um, it was in February, and it was, it was the day, it was the 15th, I think, it was the 15th of, uh, of February, so it was the day after Valentine's, and uh, the interviewer said, well, so are you going to do some Valentine's Day music because of the day, and I said, I said this is a week before the gig. And, and I said, no, but you know what? I should write one. So we finished the interview and then I sat down and I, and I wrote this tune. And it was just, uh, I wanted to write a, a really, uh, like a, an old school blues that sounds like uh, T-Bone Walker in the 1940s or something like that. So uh, a week later we did the gig. Uh, we wrote the song, rehearsed the song, did the gig a week later. The next day, or the day after that, we recorded it, and it made it onto the album.
1: That is awesome. That is that is truly amazing. I don't think I would be comfortable uh, enough to, to record an uh, a song after a week of knowing it. So, my well, hats off to you guys.
0: <laughs> it's, well, I'll tell you, there's uh, there's some songs that I don't take into the studio for ten years. You know. <laughs> <laughs> on forever, but this one just, it was just, it was one of those things, you know, she gave me the, uh, the reporter gave me the idea, I thought, what a great idea, sat down with the guitar, and it was one of those things that never, almost never happened, the whole thing just came out like one, in one big, I sort of vomited out the words, and there it was, you know, it was great, it was, it was really, it was, it was really exciting, actually.
1: Awesome, so right now, we're going to play the Valentine's Day Blues, Right on. It's a sad, sad
2: day. It's a sad, sad day is coming on. Day is coming
3: on. Valentine's
2: Day is near, and the woman I love is coming gone. The fifteenth of February. We fell in love that very day. Can't promise that I'm ever gonna, ever gonna stay. Hearts and flowers fill the air I don't want to give my heart to and no one no one seems to care I'm gonna buy you a box of chocolate, bouquet of roses too, magnum of vintage champagne, and a gourmet dinner for two, but it's a sad, sad day. When Valentine's Day comes around
1: That was Valentine's Day blues. So, Mr. White Boy Slim, uh, we were just talking. You have seven seven albums under White Boy Slim. Um, so, can you talk about uh, how long have you been recording this project, and uh, how often do you release albums? Well,
0: the first the first White Boy Slim album came out exactly ten years ago, actually, to, uh, April two thousand and six. Uh, the previous album, there was one more that was a solo album that was under my non-white by pre-white boy slim name. Uh, and that was a couple of years before that. Uh, we try and re- we try and record uh, one a year. Uh, it sometimes takes a bit longer uh, depending on who partly depending on who's mixing it. The first couple of albums I uh, produced and mixed, uh, mixed them myself, which is a really difficult thing to do uh, because yes. it's it's impossible to be objective about uh, it, uh, it's, just, it's impossible to be objective about your own stuff. So you know, I would uh, the one album, the very first album, the one that was the pre-White Boy Slim album, I it actually took me a year to mix. Uh, I recorded the thing in about three months and then mixed it for over a year because every time I got it done, I thought, not nah, terrible, I'm going to do it again. So I, I remixed it about three or four times. Um, but uh, what is it, 2013, my old keyboard player uh, named Larry Gusshaus, um, uh, so who's d- been doing sound for a long time, uh, we were talking, and I said, "You know, I need somebody to help me mix this stuff and to engineer it in the studio." And uh, he sort of uh, stepped up for that. And he's he's a really he's a good musician, and he's an excellent excellent uh, sound guy and and engineer. So he's taken the he's taken the burden off of me. And because he's objective about it, he can uh, he can uh, you know he can mix a song. Uh, in a day or so, uh, so you know, since two thousand and four, we we've released, or since two thousand and fourteen, we've released a double album, uh, uh, box what box was the double album? Uh, we also re- released a, a live album that year, <laughs> and last year we re- released an album, and we're doing one. Well, we're we're almost finished one now. So so now that it, now that the burden is. Not all on me uh uh we're basically put putting them out about one a year
1: that is awesome man um so one a year so uh do you guys have um i guess it would be real jobs like uh, it seems harsh, but do you guys have like full time like imaginary jobs <laughs> oh sorry uh, grown up jobs there you go grown up jobs grown up jo- yes
0: uh for a while, for a while, I was teaching music at a at a, a local college. I was teaching, well, not music. I was teaching, giving guitar lessons at a local college. Uh, but it was a, <laughs> uh, they kind of let me go. And I think it's because it's a, a very conservative Christian college, and I'm not. And I, I think <laughs> they, they kind of got a little uh, impatient with the fact that, you know things like I write very political songs and stuff like that which didn't necessarily fit with their kind of conservative ideology. Uh, Dustin has a, a job uh, 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 and and but I, right now I'm just the music is uh, I, I'm just living off the music and you know the odd side project and things like that.
1: That in a wow you so um Without getting into too much detail, you're actually making a living on the music itself. Yeah,
0: it's it's not easy. It's it was certainly easier when I was like, you know, when I was a teenager. It was a lot easier because there were a lot more venues and there was a lot more. They were actually paying better than yeah. they do now. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there's there's been a couple of you know a couple of months. Uh, you know, or there's been some. It's it's sort of scraping by. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm sort of still struggling through
1: well, you're doing something that I know of many people would just die to be able to do, and that's make a living doing music so um, on that front, congratulations it truly well, is amazing you. to see um <clears throat> so uh so getting back to everything um so you said you were teaching guitar. So do you have like a formal education in music or did you have to you know, well, teach yourself?
0: Well, I started out, I mean, I, you know, I, I took music lessons from the time I was what, eight years old. Uh, you know, I was in a, 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 sort of marching band kind of thing when I was a little kid. Uh, and I was, we had a piano in the house and so I picked up stuff on that. And then I, when I was 14, I picked up a guitar, and started teaching myself guitar. Um, I spent one year at, uh, the Berkeley college of music in Boston, which was an amazing experience. Um, and I learned, uh, it was it's a very expensive school and it's, you know, being in the U S and with visas and stuff, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky going to school, uh, out, you know, in a different country. Um, uh, So, uh, I only went one year, but it was, it was such a, uh, Berkeley, such an amazing school that, that, uh, that one year gave me, uh, tools that, that have lasted the entire life. And, uh, you know, so that, and I've, I've constantly, I mean, I, I'm always, learning new stuff and reading books and magazines i you know i devour articles out of magazines and constantly learn new stuff and you know from anybody who can teach me basically so so just a process you know
1: it it really is honing that craft it's a lifetime project so yeah uh, congratulations on going to berkeley man that's amazing
0: oh uh, i was it was a gas man i loved i loved berkeley <laughs>
1: Um so uh can you tell me about the song uh Birdie uh, I'm sorry Brighty's back There
0: you go Bridie's back Yes Yeah we well okay like I said we're a blues band we but we do other stuff so there's you know there's the odd countryish tune and and I mean it all it all ends up sounding like blues when we do it but uh I'm a big big fan of of reggae and ska and stuff, and so we are, there's a couple of tunes that we've done over the years that are, are ska tunes, and this was kind of a, a tr- my attempt at trying to do a straight ahead reggae tune, uh, and what it sounds to me, what it sounds like is is reggae done by uh, a blues band, and which is interesting because there's actually a number, there's there's more than one. Uh, uh, a band out there that actually does that that does a combination of reggae and blues which is kind of cool. Nice. Uh the lyrics are uh, loosely based on a guy I used to know back uh around the time I went to Berkeley actually and it's it's kind of a fictionalized story about uh you know drug abuse and living on the street and stuff like that and uh uh but what it was, I mean, basically musically, we just tried, wanted to make it sound as much like a straight-ahead, you know, reggae tune as possible.
1: Nice. All right, so I'm gonna play Brighty's back. All right.
2: streets again he needs a woman and he needs a friend this time he'll make it cause he's finally got a plan he's out on the streets again Brad is just a small town boy big kind of slow and eager to please went to the city just to have some fun he was out on the streets alone I started dealing just to make a little cash. Meet some ladies along the way. They sent him up for being indiscreet. He was off of the streets again. Brad is back on the streets again. He needs a woman and he needs a friend. This time he'll make it cause he's finally got a plan. Yeah, he's out on the streets again. They sent him off to do hard time. with some people he should not have know. They taught him things that he could use when he was out on the streets again they let him out just the other day a new suit a pocket full of change they dropped him off at Hastings street he was out on the streets again the bride is back on the streets again he needs a woman, and he needs a friend. This time he'll make it, cause he's finally got a plane. Yeah, he's out on the streets again. friend of a friend of a friend
3: Who set him up with a corner of his own He was out
2: on the streets again Too much product for him to resist He started dipping in the product line They found him cold with a needle in his arm He was off off the streets for good Back on the streets again. He needs a woman and he needs a friend. This time he'll make it cause he's finally got a plane, yeah, he's out on the streets again. The bride is back on the streets again. He needs a woman and he needs a friend. This time he'll make it cause he's finally got a plane, yeah, he's out on the streets again. My bride is back on the streets again. He needs a woman and he needs a friend. This time he'll make it, cause he's finally got a plane. Yeah, he's out on the streets again.
1: That was Bridie's back. Uh, so, white boy slim, Mr. Slim, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> um, you were talking during the break. You have a philosophy of genres. And anybody that ha- is a musician, um, we've all heard, you know, we don't like putting labels on ourselves and this and that and and that. Um, but I really enjoyed how you structured yours. So can you explain your ideology behind um genres and why you dislike them okay
0: well i think genres are really limiting i mean i i don't i don't think an artist should put limitations on themselves and if you look back on the history of of, of music uh and the history of recording because it's really important is that is that if you go back to the 1920s when they were just starting to you know when recording was starting to become a big thing and you go back into the southern united states and you have you know you have all these uh musicians back in the you know in the mississippi delta and and west virginia and all those places you know where like the became places where these genres came from you had black uh sharecroppers and white sharecroppers and they would there was not a whole lot of difference between them except you know the black sharecroppers were black and the white ones were white. But if you were far enough uh, in, out in the boondocks, nobody cared. And and if you listen to the recordings from those days, the black musicians and the white musicians sounded exactly the same. I mean, so there's some stuff that I've got where I can't tell if it's if it's uh, a a white band or a, or a or a black band playing. And but what happened was the recording industry started. You know, because, they like to, because industries like businesses like to be able to put things into categories. They started calling things country or calling things uh, jazz or, or calling things uh, blues. And the musicians didn't do that. It was the business people that did that. And I think that anytime you actually think of yourself as being, uh, uh, I'm a part of this, you know, I'm in this box. Then your creativity is is really limited, and the reason I like the blues is that if you listen to the blues going back, like I say, right back to the really early stuff from the from the twenties or earlier, uh, blues musicians, is, if they heard something interesting, they would incorporate it. So you have like BB King recording. Uh, uh, Latin music in 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 the 50s, and there's a whole bunch of BB B. King stuff and other blues guys who are doing, or even Muddy Waters are doing like, like rumbas and things like that, and 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 uh, nice. even the like tangos and stuff. Because they just they hear it and they go, wow, that's really interesting, and it becomes part of what they do, and uh, and that's what I like to do. I mean, I just like if I hear something, uh you know, uh you know, like, variety's uh, back. I've listened to a lot of reggae stuff. I mean, I started hearing Bob Marley, but I listened to like Burning Spear and Peter Tosh and all that sort of stuff. And that just became part of, you know, the part of my musical DNA. And, uh, you know, I, I've listen. I mean, I'm listening to a, there's a, I'm listening right now. I'm listening to this, uh, sort of hard neo hard rock band, uh, uh, out of, uh, Toronto called, uh, Called Satay S -S A T E. They just recorded. They just released an album a couple of uh, months ago. That's just incredible stuff, and it sounds, you know, it's 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 just like sort of really classic sounding, but uh, but original sounding hard rock. And I'm listening to that. I'm sitting there drinking coffee and listening to that this morning, and going, wow, you know, this is really cool. I like what they're doing here. Maybe I'll, you know, throw that into a song somewhere and uh, you know we've got we, we're we doing stuff that's got country stuff in it and New, New Orleans stuff we, we played a bunch of gigs last year around Mardi Gras time so we uh, we started doing a bunch of Fats Domino playing around with a bunch of Fats Domino songs and things like that and and that uh, some of the songs on the last album ended up having a real New Orleans feel to it so you know it's like I'm just a big sponge you know so I you know, I'm, I'm going mis- to mix a metaphor. Sponges don't fit well inside of boxes. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I really I like the way that you articulated that because um, I really really hate the genre barriers as well. Um, oh uh, yeah. Like I I grew up listening to metal, so I always have a a, a a like I have a soft spot for that kind of music. The heavier music. Sure. Um, but it rubs me the wrong way When somebody asks me Why do you listen to that Rah, rah, rah stuff um, Because I don't always listen to that I listen to jazz I listen to um, funk as well I listen to I mean my Some of my favorite music Is classical music And you know I'm just oh, yeah. kind of pigeonholed into that And um, it, it's really difficult To actually be creative In one kind of genre You have to expand If you're going to become A decent musician
0: Absolutely. You, when we're on the road, when Dustin and I are on the road, be- between the two of us, we'll be sitting there and we'll be, we'll be you know, sometimes driving like six, eight hours at a time on the road, and we're listening to stuff all the time, uh, and his, his taste is, is is as eclectic as mine, and so we'll be listening to, you know, we'll be listening to like uh, Finnish black metal, and then uh, <laughs> cytochal <laughs> music, and then classical music, and then, you know, uh Duke Ellington jazz I mean it's it's like there's no there's no boundaries uh between the two of us I mean we we I don't know we probably have thousands tens of thousands of songs on our various uh devices and obviously I have a lot of blues Dustin has a lot of metal but there's everything you can think of you know there's Johnny Cash and there's I've got you know uh chinese classical music on my iPod you know and, and it's like wow and we're just we're constantly listening to all sorts. And, and, and you know we're all we're going up to each other and going man you got to hear this this is like weird stuff right and uh, mm-hmm. it's cool it's great cuz it never gets boring nice all right well, it's funny it's actually funny i, I got to tell you this well while, while i was waiting for you to phone earlier i was writing us the last song for the new cd that we're working on and it's this weird uh it's turning into this weird thing where it's it's got it's like basically a reggae tune with all these weird jazz chords in it and uh uh the chorus is a is actually a couple of lines out of an old spiritual and i was like just just as i was waiting for you to call i was trying to knit these things together into into the sound in my head, right. So that's like perfect example of this.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> Good for you, man. I don't think I could do it, but uh, yeah, that's that's awesome that you're trying, man. Um, all right, so can you tell me about the last song on the show, which is going to be Queen Street Blues? Okay,
0: Queen Queen Street in Toronto is. Now it's the fashion district, and it's it's where uh, Much Music, which is like the MTV of Canada, uh, has their headquarters and stuff. And it's like it's it's where it's the center of the fashion industry now. But but Queen Street for for years, like Queen Street was where the punk scene started in the seventies, and and uh, it's got you know uh, it, it used to be uh, the little clubs and used bookstores and things like that and now uh it's it's a long long street and the, those things are still there like sort of farther out so i was writing a song um and i was i was getting nostalgic for toronto cuz i really love toronto it's like probably my favorite place in the world and so i started writing this song and what i ended up with was was uh i mean the story is just a typical blues story where you know i'm looking for my baby kind of thing but there's references all through it to uh to places on queen street especially ones that aren't there anymore that have you know that have uh, bookstores that are gone or clubs or restaurants that are gone uh so it's a it's a real nostalgic uh it's a sort of an uh, an elegy to the queen street that used to be <laughs> uh so awesome. And it's got a kind of, it's, it's an unusual blues tune because it's got this kind of, uh, I don't know, to me, it sounds like it was like a, a, it's almost like a 60s kind of thing. I don't know. It just sort of popped out that way.
1: Fun yeah. song. I like it. <laughs> All right. This is Queen Street Blues.
2: i don't know where she's gone she left the house this morning and said she won't be long keep looking out the window i don't know where she is i only know i love her and she's the one i miss i'm looking for my baby got to find out where she's at and when i do i'll beg her to come back Down to the street and catch the 501 I got to find my baby and find out what she's
3: done
2: I know what she likes to do, I know where she hangs out I know that ginger woman, I know what she's about I'm looking for my baby, got to find out where she's at And when I do, I'll beg her to come back The Beverly and Queen Mom Barneys, X-Ray, Coney Island The Parrot and Express Edwards, Bacca, Pages, Stephen Temple The Silver Stale The Legion, Bamboo, Leg, Peter Pan, I miss the stem Java and the Black Bull The Horseshoe and the Rift A couple more, I can't recall But I know where she lived Well, I'm trying to find my baby and fiery hair from good Hall to can and find her anywhere. I'm looking for my baby, got to find out where she's at. And when I do, I'll beg her to come back. the sharks, the punkers and the deadheads, the hustlers and the marks, the high school girls and fashionistas, buskers and the clowns. Well, I can't find my baby, she's nowhere to be found. I'm looking for my baby, got to find her where she's at. Oh, hell, I'm going down to the camera and get a beer and uh, see who's playing tonight. She'll show up, she always does.
1: all right that was queen street blues yes yes Uh, (laughs) um so mr slim (laughs) um it's been great talking to you and we're going to be wrapping up soon um but first before we do that how can people get a hold of you how can people you know follow you and how can people attain your music
0: okay um we're on all the social media uh if you go uh facebook slash whiteboy dot slim uh or um instagram whiteboy slim all one word or uh twitter uh at whiteboy underscore slim uh our website is um whiteboy slim all one word dot com uh we're on uh, reverb nation slash whiteboy slim uh we're on number one music uh, i think it's white boy underscore slim uh you can bu- uh stuffs on iTunes and uh spotify and uh absolutely everything <laughs> every digital outlet uh you can buy the c d s at c d baby dot com and just search for white boy slim um we're at uh amazon dot com look for white boy slim there we're just, just about everywhere uh we have uh we we actually I just checked the other day on on number one music dot com, which is I think out of Russia. It's a it's a very cool website, sort of like Reverb Nation, only only uh slightly different. Uh White Boy Slim has had almost a half a million plays on there, which is really phenomenal. I mean wow it's it's nice. hard to imagine.
1: Wow.
0: Um, yeah. And I wanna say I wanna mention too, I wanna mention that, that, that we the new the new CD we're working on this new CD we've got it about three quarters done now it's release date is going to be September October Uh, depends on touring dates Uh, uh, but uh, it's called it's called diversified which goes back to what we were talking about before about about not genres and things Uh, so just look for that
1: will do man that is awesome Uh, congratulations on the new album um and Thank working you. on it it's always great to see a musician working on new new music it's amazing
0: it's fun it's fun it really is I I, I'm, I I gotta say man i'm really glad that uh i'm really glad that i i bumped into your uh your podcast because uh i think I was uh on, uh, on a uh a, a tweet or something from com. <laughs> i think that i i, I saw it uh they make great strings, by the way. Uh,
1: yes, they <laughs> but, do. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I'm really glad I found your. Uh, I, I'm really glad I found your podcast because it's a great podcast, it's, it's, it's and lo- I, I listen to it a lot. And uh, I'm really glad that well, we're talking you. here because it's very cool.
1: Well, thank you very much, and I will be sure to thank Stringjoy for that because you know they are a sponsor and they are very awesome. Yeah, uh, tell
0: uh, Scott that I said hello because. Scott and I are always talking
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> I got you man all right man um, well thank you so very much for uh, taking the time and being so very patient getting this interview scheduled and, and oh, hey, done
0: worth it man it's, it's you know we're all in this together and this is like the music business is, is so chaotic right now that I think if you know it's it's up to us as you know as musicians and fans and lovers of music I mean, we've got to, we've got to pull together, or or, it's all just gonna be total chaos.
1: Yeah, you're very true, man. So thank you very much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful talking to you and and learning well, about thanks, your project, and learning about your your ideologies and everything like that. It's it's truly amazing to to meet other musicians. And um, I told you this before, but I would like to tell you this uh, or state this on record. Uh, that you are the first blues musician that I've had on the show and the first international musician that I've had on the show. Um, We are literally thousands of miles away from each other, and being able to talk (laughs) music, you know, it it speaks volumes about what music can do. So it's very nice to be able to have that example.
0: I'm I'm totally with you there. I'm totally with you there.
1: All right, man. So you have a great night, and I will be contacting you very, very soon, all right?
0: yeah absolutely it's good to
1: talk to you man and that was White Boy Slam so what do you think first international interview super excited about this we can only go further away from here so if it's not the continental North America then uh, yeah let's go to Europe and you know Australia I would love to interview an Australian musician that would be fantastic I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of myself my bad (laughs) I will digress, I will stop this uh, nonsense, um, but uh, if you like this interview and you know musicians that want to be on this show, know musicians that need to be exposed to new audience or something like that, um, please contact me, let me know what's up. I can work with them, I can interview them, and uh, if need be I can give them connections to help them move to the next step if they're ready. Um, so just contact me facebook.com slash the local music revolution on twitter at tlmr podcast on instagram at the local music revolution on tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution and then of course you can go to the local music there there is an interview sign up sheet i gets all the information from the band to me so that i can make uh make the preparations to start working with them next up cold cock whiskey guys another sponsor of this podcast fantastic company to be able to work with um they help musicians uh the first time i ever actually tried cold cock whiskey was uh at knot fest 2014 i was in the middle of watching i believe it was kill switch and my wife gave me the drink no 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 no. it was prong yes prong Uh, First time I was ever able to see Prong was in 2014. Uh, Way, way, way too long, by the way. It was awesome to see, and Cold Cock Whiskey was delicious to drink on that uh, October day. Um, And it really gets you where you need to be. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but they do support the bands, and that's what really matters here in the podcast Um, They support the bands, they help them get to that next level, and that is a crucial, crucial point for any band. So go to coldcockwhiskey.com and you can check out every single band that they work with. And uh, you can contact them and find new music, man, because the world needs new music all the time. And now I am done, actually. So um, thank you guys very much. Thank you, White Boy Slim. it it was uh very very awesome to be able to talk to you and um i thank you so much for making this uh kind of interview happen um i never thought i'd be doing international interviews but uh you were the first one and i really do appreciate it man on next week's episode we have an interesting concept um we have the glass gallows which is a promotional company um but they promote music and art and everything like that like all the arts they promote uh we get to talk to a few artists that they have uh been working with and then we get to talk to the guys that are running this thing um and they'll actually inform you of everything that they do um that night they were actually at barmageddon so uh we're moving on more towards mobile interviews rather than in my studio interviews Um, so it's face to face it's more uh more genuine uh that i feel uh but the great thing is we get to talk to these guys and we get to have them on the show and push that uh that all of that information that they have and that is it so until next time this is the local music revolution i am ogre you are awesome by the way thank you very much take care and be good This is the local this music revolution the local this music revolution the local music Religion. revolution local music revolution local music revolution <code>